welcome to Unfraid, a podcast dedicated to exploring how we develop presence in our work lives and beyond. Hi everyone, this is Isra back with a brand new episode of Unfraid. Welcome. So I want to start off um, by saying just generally that Every topic on this podcast that we explore together is very intentional and it's critical um, to carefully consider all the topics and ideas that come up. And on top of that, I'm extremely selective of the guests that I invite to the, uh, the podcast especially in a time like this where I'm starting to feel that the word presence, in air quotes, is becoming very overused. So with that intention and that um, carefulness, it comes with a lot of thinking work on my end. So with that being said, I want you all to know that you may not have a new episode drop um, regularly compared to other podcasts, but Remember this, that I am constantly thinking about this podcast and about ways to most especially make sure that what you listen to isn't what you have heard before. That's, um, that's all I wanted to say just right off the bat. And this episode's topic is probably one that you haven't heard of before or maybe vaguely familiar with it if you've heard of it before. So um, today we're going to be talking about the phenomenon, the art, and the science of ASMR. Okay, stay with me. <laughs> ASMR. We'll be defining that here uh, in a whole lot of detail in a little bit, but ASMR spreads through creators. People create ASMR, and they're called ASMR artists. And this community of creators is exploding online. And the reason why it's exploding, and it's it's just growing by the minute, it almost seems like, is because it is impacting millions of people. It's helping people relax, to breathe, and to connect, and also to grow presence. So today I have with me a very talented guest um, who's going to help us dive in. So Grace is a voice actor, a writer, and an ASM artist based in the U.S. who specializes in sensual ASMR. And her focus is building intimacy and loving kindness. And you're going to notice very soon how her voice provides you with lift, lightness, and an openness to building presence. Um, Grace also loves to collaborate, experiment, and push the boundaries of audio experiences with the help of her many microphones, prompts, and gadgets. So you can find um, her work on YouTube at Grace's Grove Audio, and you can also follow her on Twitter. So Grace generously accepted my invite actually quite a while ago um, to... to uh, to talk with us on Unfraid. So uh, we're going to be chatting on what ASMR is, what it isn't, and also what the science tells us. And you'll also have a chance to actually hear a demonstration of ASMR triggers 
that um, Grace is going to um, provide for us very, very graciously. Um, and you can decide, you know, is this something that can help you? So it's just an opening and it's an invitation. All right, let's get started. Welcome, Grace. Hi, thank you. I'm really happy to be here. I thank you for being here as well. Okay, so Grace, I've done a lot of talking up to this point for the you know the last few minutes. So I would love for you to kind of um, dive deeper in terms of your work and yourself and just shed some light um, into what ASMR is. Sure, absolutely. So ASMR, um, in the most technical sense, is a physical reaction to specific stimuli or triggers. Um, the triggers can vary by individual, and they can be visual, they can be auditory, um, they can be a combination of both. So um, my particular medium, I work exclusively in audio, that's my medium, but there are a lot of ASM artists who make videos as well, so they have auditory and visual components to their art. Um, most people describe ASMR as like a tingly sensation that sort of uh, starts at the base of the, your spine or neck, kind of slowly works its way through your back, shoulders, and your head. Um, unfortunately, not everybody experiences ASMR. So uh, it's, it's very subjective. Um, it's a very subjective art form, and people experience it in a lot of different ways. Um, myself personally... I have experienced ASMR since I was a child. I just didn't know what it was called. I think a lot of people in the community have had that experience where, um, for me in particular, um, someone brushing my hair or someone giving me a haircut, um, someone telling me a story. Like, for example, um, when our teacher in school would kind of, we would have story time and we would all sit and just watch her and listen to her voice you almost go into a little bit of a, a trance. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and it's just very, it's very relaxing. It's very pleasant. Uh, you just kind of space out a little bit. Um, and I know for me personally, it's really helped me with anxiety, with depression, with insomnia. Um, and a lot of people have anecdotal stories like that, that it really helps them. Even with PTSD, um, I've had a lot of listeners contact me and say, you know, look, I have PTSD. I can't sleep. I have these horrible anxieties. I have panic attacks. And listening to your audios helps to kind of ground me and helps me to get through those episodes. Um, so it's a really interesting phenomenon. And while what I'm telling you is all anecdotal. Um, there are actually people conducting scientific research into ASMR. Uh, Dr. Craig Richards is one, and he has a website called ASMR University, and there are several peer-reviewed studies there about ASMR. There, there are ongoing research studies about ASMR, and he's doing a lot of really interesting um, scientific work into the how ASMR affects us physically, like the tangible physical effects of it. Um, to kind of show that these anecdotes aren't, you know, necessarily that they are, there is scientific validity to them. There's physiological validity to them. Um, so I think that's, that's really interesting. So that's ASMR in a nutshell. Okay, great. That's, that's excellent. Um, I have a couple of questions to follow up with that. So, so the first mm -hmm. one is, so when we say ASMR, it's an acronym for 
Yes. Yeah. So, it's... so let me see if I'm getting this right. So okay. <laughs> autonomous, so autonomous. So mm-hmm. it means it's, it's, it's involuntary autonomous sensory mm-hmm. meridian, which is another word basically to mean like a peak or, or, um, like an apex mm-hmm. response. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes. Okay. You got it. <laughs> okay, so so it's it's an acronym for um for and and it was coined by someone I forget her name. Um but but she's she's not a scientist, right Grace? She's just she just yeah, came up with that I term. it was was it Heather Feather? Um yes, it, it yes was, it was. It was a really early ASM artist. Um I think it might have been Heather Feather or someone um someone similar to her. Um, and I don't, mm-hmm. don't quote me on that. <laughs> we'll have to look that up. <laughs> I'll, I'll put that in there. And then I'll also put in the ASMR university link, um, into the, um, the links, uh, at this, for this episode. So, um, you can look into that. But, um, the second question I had, Grace, is you mentioned that, you know, your medium is audio. Um, some other folks have video. Can you kind of pinpoint for us, what is the distinction between ASMR and um, your uh, run-of-the-mill guided meditation, um, you know, stories or, or guided meditation audios in apps like, you know, Calm or 10% Happier or things of that nature? So I think that there are definitely some overlaps, um, but I think really for ASMR, so the goal of ASMR is really to create intimacy. And I don't necessarily think that that's the goal of a standard meditation audio or um, a relaxation tape. And with ASMR, it's really about creating this experience and triggering this response in people, this tingle, you know, we call it the tingles, the tingle response that sort of initiates this euphoric state. Um, and for my particular genre that I practice in, um, because we have to think of ASMR as a very large umbrella. And under that umbrella, there are various genres of ASMR. You know, some people are really triggered and receive tingles from very chaotic, fast, um, unpredictable ASMR. You know, like someone like in your face and making kind of loud noises And for other people, that's the exact opposite of what would trigger them. And within these levels, you know, we have various genres. So we have platonic ASMR, which would be, you know, creating intimacy that you would find in a platonic relationship, like a friendship or a familial Mm -hmm. relationship. Um, Sometimes it can be really comforting, like I'm going to tuck you in the bed, I'm going to read you a story. So it kind of creates these childhood experiences that take us back to this really safe space that we had Mm -hmm. that I think a lot of times we lose as adults. Um, And, you know, there can be just straight up trigger videos where there really isn't a storyline or a role play there. It's more about the ASMR trigger experience. So trying to trigger those tingles. Um, So, you know, making different noises and and different sounds, whispering, soft speaking, you know, just different triggers. Um, And then there 
we kind of move into the area that I really focus my art on, which is sensual and erotic ASMR. And that really tries to recreate that intimate experience that you would find with a partner um, or someone that you're in a romantic relationship with. And, you know, again, there's there's safety and there's comfort there, um, especially for someone who has been alone for a long period of time or mm-hmm. who's just recently found themselves to be alone. You know, there, there are things that we get from all of these relationships in our real lives that we try to kind of create with the ASMR experience. So I really consider it to be a holistic art form that really yeah. tries to touch upon every aspect of the human experience and to create those safe spaces and those comfortable spaces where you can relax and, you know, you can receive help with your anxiety and your depression and your PTSD and, and, you know, you can feel like you have a connection with someone. It's about connection. So you can feel that connection and that intimacy with people, whether it's platonic or romantic. I love how you described ASMR being um, like an umbrella term and you very, you know, you, you very clearly described, you know, the different levels as well as the different genres. Um, I think that's really helpful to know. Um, and, and you mentioned, you know, this piece of, of connection and intimacy and uh, it takes me back to a previous episode that I did with, um, with Latanya Wilkins, who's, who's a diversity and inclusion expert and, we were talking about um, how to create your, how to find and or create your tribe. And I am seeing such a strong connection between that and what you're talking about, Grace, because this connection piece really, um, it, it really triggers a stress hormone in, um, in our bodies, which is um, oxytocin, mm-hmm. which is the cuddle hormone. It's the hug hormone. It's the love hormone. And, and and it's released at the same time as cortisol or, or adrenaline, which keeps us on our feet, keeps us alert. Mm-hmm. But when oxytocin is released, that's when, you know, when we are the most stressed, when we are the most alone, when we are the most fatigued or burned out, one of the biggest paths to resilience being created or self-care being created is that connection. And that's exactly what what you describe as, as ASMR, particularly your genre of ASMR creating. And um, it's it's a lovely thing. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, and I know it's kind of interesting because I started out, um, you know, I, I didn't know what ASMR was, let's see, four, four years ago now, almost four or five years. Um, okay. And I had no idea what ASMR was. I'd never heard of it. I, you know, I had experienced it in my life, in my early life and, you know, into adulthood, but I didn't have a name for it. I just thought maybe it was something that happened to everyone. I didn't know, (laughs) you know, and um, so, yeah, one, the way that I actually came to the ASMR community was through my own search for connection and intimacy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I had recently gone through a breakup And, you know, it was a long-term relationship. So, you know, I was struggling. I was also in the process of earning my degrees, my university degrees, which I went back a little later in life to get those. So, you know, that was a big stress in my life. I was having trouble sleeping. You know, it was just, 
it was a lot of things that kind of came together all at once. And I was just, I was going through a really difficult time. And one night, it was like two in the morning, and I decided to go on YouTube. And I'd never really been somebody who watched a lot of YouTube. I knew, I knew it existed, but I wasn't like into it. So I went on there and I was just searching on YouTube for like comforting male voices or whispering. And I just, I just felt like, you know, I just needed to hear somebody say something nice and, you know, feel a little bit of connection. And um, this artist called Gale Force, his videos came uh, yes. up. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it actually wasn't like a boyfriend role play or a sensual ASMR. It was a video that he had done. It was a platonic comfort video for, um, I think it was like depression and or suicidal thoughts, which I was not having suicidal thoughts at that time. Mm. But I thought, you know, I saw it and I I kind of just felt drawn to it. I was like, oh, I bet mm. he's saying really things that I need to hear. So I clicked on it and I listened to it and it was this incredible transformative experience. You know, I felt connected. I felt comforted. Um, there was an intimacy, an intimacy to it because he's also an audio artist. So there wasn't this uh -huh. visual component that was distracting me. You know, I would just closed my eyes and I was like in, in this with somebody else. And um, I think that's the other really cool thing about audio versus uh, visual mediums is that with an audio recording, it really takes the active participation of both the creator and the listener to really yeah. make it come alive and to, um, you know, just to give it life. And so I, I felt that. And so I got done listening to that audio and I was like, okay, what else has he got? <laughs> you know, so yeah, I started, getting more. Yeah. So I started clicking through and I realized most of his content was actually um, sensual ASMR. Obviously it's it's YouTube, so there wasn't anything erotic, um, although he does that type of content, but not on YouTube. So, you know, there were these boyfriend role plays and these like lovely, beautiful, kind scenarios, um, you know, that, that really demonstrated healthy relationships and wow. loving connection and intimacy and caring. You know, it was about making sure that your partner was okay and showing them how much that you appreciated them and how beautiful they were. And, you know, it, it had so many unintended consequences. Um, you know, it, it helps with your self-esteem, especially after coming out of a, a really nasty breakup. Um, mm. You know, it, it helps with your self-image. It helps you to feel worthy and connected again with the sensual part of yourself. And I think also with just the world. Um, it's, it's just, it was so such a powerful experience for me. I bet, and, I bet. you know, I, I immediately became a patron of his on Patreon. Um, and then that's when I discovered erotic ASMR. And that completely changed my relationship with pornography. It changed my relationship with myself. Um, mm. it, it was just incredible how it changed my whole perception of, of sex and, Mm -hmm. it's 
difficult to even articulate it um, because it had such a profound effect on me. And shortly thereafter, I started thinking, you know, I started writing all of these stories and scripts. And pretty soon I was like, you know, I should just do this myself. <laughs> like, that I have all these so stories cool. that I, I, like, I have all these stories that I want to hear told. And, you know, I have all these scenarios that I'd like to act out. And I feel like this has been such a profoundly life changing um, experience for me as a listener. Think of all the people that I could help as a creator. Um, and, you know, I, I have to say my motives were, were definitely altruistic, but, but also a little selfish, I would say, because, <laughs> you know, I, I discovered this creative outlet and I've always been a writer. Um, I've, I've written stories since I was a kid, but I've never really had like a public creative outlet to really explore yeah. that creative side of myself. And this gave me that opportunity and it's, it's just been absolutely amazing. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of my story of how I discovered and, and got into that. ASMR. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've I've been following Grace for um, maybe almost two years now, probably. Um, and what what I can tell, um, first of all, Gra Grace obviously is a pseudonym; it's not your real name. Correct. Um, yeah. So so that's something to to kind of put a pin in because. Um, <clears throat> because of your specific subgenre of ASMR, it, it, it's not a good idea, I imagine, to kind of broadcast yourself out there because, you know, this is kind of like your side hustle, right? You, you work full time. Correct. Yes. So I have a full-time day job um, that is related to those degrees that I was talking about earlier that I, uh, I, that I, uh, that I worked very hard to earn. Um, I, I love my day job. I love what I do. Um, for a while, I, you know, had the thought that maybe I wanted to go full-time with, you know, my work as an audio artist, as a voice actor. Um, but then, you know, I started to pull back from that after a while because I love what I do in my day job. It brings me a lot of joy and I feel like I do a lot of good with my work. Um, and I've worked really hard to get to where I am and I have a lot of student loans, <laughs> oh, you know, God. related to those degrees as I'm sure everybody else does. Um, and it's not something that I want to give up. And good. at the same time, I love my creative work. I, I love yeah. being a voice actor and having my channel and, you know, having this creative outlet and helping people this way. And unfortunately, um, because of the way that our society currently functions and our outlooks on sex and sexuality and especially women who engage in mm -hmm. any type of work that has anything to do with sex, um, it's not possible for my two worlds to coexist. So, yeah. you know, I have to keep them separate. And I love audio as a medium for a lot of the reasons that I that I discussed before. But another advantage of audio is that it helps to keep my real identity anonymous. Um, yeah. And same thing with using working under a pseudonym. Um, you know, it, it keeps my real identity anonymous. And yeah. that is very important so that my two worlds can continue to kind of run parallel to one another without ever really overlapping. Um, and the other thing 
is that I think any woman who is online can be, unfortunately, can be a target for harassment, for stalking. And especially with the work that I do, I think a lot of times, um, sometimes people have a very difficult time separating reality from fantasy and they get very enmeshed. um, Mm -hmm. And it would be really dangerous for me to have my real identity out there, um, you know, because I, I don't want people showing up at my door. I don't want someone showing up at my work. I don't want people stalking me online or in yeah. real life. Um, so that's always a concern. And, you know, it's another reason why it's good to try to stay anonymous. Um, but I, I'll say one more thing and then I'll, <laughs> I'll stop. <laughs> Please keep um, going. I could listen to you talk, you know, <laughs> for, you know, I'm getting ASMR right now. Just listen to oh, you awesome. talk. So just, just Excellent. keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but uh, anonymity also has a price um, because mm-hmm. I personally get really triggered uh, by visual ASMR, you know, by people doing things visually like hand movements and things like that. And there are times when I'd like to explore that visual genre and I'm, I'm not able to. So that can be creatively frustrating at times. And, you know, there are other times that I'd like to share more information online or talk about some things that are really important to me. But I know that if I do that, I'm, I'm leaving breadcrumbs and, right. you know, a trail that someone may be able to follow back to me. And, you know, I, so it, it has its advantages, but it also has, you know, it's disadvantages. So you just kind of have to find that, that balance. Yeah. It sounds like you're, you're striking that balance fairly effectively from, um, from my perspective. Um, I want to, gosh, there's just so much that you've said that is just like triggering all kinds of thoughts for me. So I'll try and organize them as best as I can. Okay. So, um, let's see here. Oh, okay. So you've, you've talked about your, your story of how you got into, um, ASMR and how you, how you started creating it. Um, so what, what continues to be your driving force to continuously create? Because, um, as a creator myself, you know, like you, I have a day job. I absolutely love my day job. I think it's my calling. Um, but I also need a creative outlet. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's like, God, I, I want to create, but I'm so tired. What is your driving force, um, to create and continue to create content for your community? So I have to say the community um, is a huge motivator for me. Um, I, the messages that I've gotten from people over the last four or five years just move me. Um, some of them break my heart. Uh, you know, I have a YouTube uh, video about trans acceptance and I can't even express to you the messages that I've got from people saying, this is the first time I've ever heard anyone say to me that I'm okay. Like, this is the first time anyone I've ever heard anyone say that, you know, that they love me this way, just the way that I am. Um, I've gotten messages from couples who have used my sensual and erotic ASMR to help repair their relationships. 
Um, I've gotten messages from people who listen to my girlfriend role plays and say, you know, this is the only thing that's gotten me through. Like I was getting ready to end it all. And I found one of your audios and like you got me through the night. Um, and, you know, obviously you have to take every message you get with a bit of a grain of salt because you don't know who's messaging you. But, you know, they're just so authentic and the pain is just so real that, you know, it just, it keeps me going. It, it motivates me because I know that I'm making a real difference in people's lives. Like what I do matters to people. Um, and I think sometimes as a creator, you can lose sight of that because you get so far down in your own head and, you know, the, you have to be careful not to get too caught up in the analytics game. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, the content has to be the most important thing. You can't, you can't lose sight of that. You can't shift that focus over to, okay, how many subs do I have? you know, how, how, how much engagement do I have on this last video? And, you know, where is it ranking, <laughs> you know? And I see those posts yeah. on Twitter, like every day, every day, every day. And, you know, I've fallen into that a few times myself. Um, you know, I have to say, like, when I hit 10,000 subscribers on YouTube, that felt like a big deal to me. And I wanted to celebrate it, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. But I don't necessarily know how much of a benefit that was to my listeners at, in that moment. Mm. Um, but I think sometimes you, you do have to take a minute out to um, acknowledge your accomplishments. But uh, yeah, I think, I think the, the audience is what keeps me coming back. Um, but I have to say that as a creator, I get something out of this creative process too. Um, cool. You know, there are times when I'm really stressed out or anxious and recording a video where I have to be calm, I'm comforting someone else, I'm offering them love and connection. Sometimes that reconnects me too. Um, and it, it's just, it's such a powerful medium. Um, and I think it kind of goes both ways. I love that. And when you were describing some of the examples of folks that reached out to you, I was like, Grace, please stop. I'm going to cry. <laughs> I, know. I was trying not to cry too. Uh -huh. It does. It makes me cry oh, when man. I think about it. It's beautiful. Yeah, it was, it was very, very, very um, filled with heart. So when when you say that you've been um, triggered by ASMR since you were a child, I think a lot of folks have. And um, I, I when I think about it, it's like, oh my gosh, that's what that was when I was, mm -hmm. uh, when I just gravitated towards... Um, Bob Ross, you know, yes. um, Bob, Bob Ross painting something. So I don't remember. Um, but I was just drawn. I, I mean, I'm not really, I don't, he's, he's talented. I don't like his paintings. They don't like speak to me, but I'm like, I just want to keep watching you, man. Like what, what is this? It's very calming. Mm -hmm. Um, cooking shows was another one, like just watching people, um, cook with precision and calm and it just created you know this this sensation the sensation from the back of my neck the back of my scalp all the way down my neck across my shoulders and down my arms and that that is ASMR that's that's mm -hmm. a response that's an ASMR response from from what I can tell um so yeah, a lot of us have, have like, I didn't know that's what that was. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's something that we hear all the time as creators. Um, You know, it's like, wow, I, you know, I've always had this feeling and I just never had a name for it. And, you know, and um, I think it's kind of interesting about our experiences as human beings, right? Because if something happens to us, we just make the assumption that that's what happens to everyone. And then when you (laughs) suddenly find out, oh, okay, not everyone has this or, you know, sees things this way or does things this way. I think that's always a, you know, a bit of a a shock. Um, And it's nice to be able to find community again around that and say, oh, okay, maybe not everybody has this, but some people do have it and some people get it and I can talk to them about it or I can experience this with them. I was, um, I came across an article where, um, where it basically said like the, the most negative reactions to ASMR pretty much come into two categories. Number one is, um, they're just confused. They're, they're confused. Like, what is this? Like, I don't get it. Like, this is weird. This is strange. This is, um, so, some of them are so, this is disgusting. Um, and then the, the second category is people that are naturally, um, ha- have a, um, an aversion to sound, which is, what's the term? Um, misophonia. Uh, misophonia. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what do you make of that? So it's kind of interesting. I have misophonia as well um, to certain specific sounds. So like tapping, uh, when it's really kind of loud, fast tapping, I'm, I mean, I'm almost physically repulsed. Like I have to get it away from me. <laughs> um, and wow. I think some people can probably relate to this if you think about nails on a chalkboard or no, let's somebody, not, let's not. I know. <laughs> Or somebody crunching styrofoam, um, you know, like the squeaky, you know, that's misophonia. So, uh, Mm. yeah, and I think that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, which is ASMR is a very large umbrella, and there are a lot of Mm. things that fall under it. Not everything that's under there is going to trigger you or be enjoyable for you. Um, So I think that's why it's, it's really important if... At first, you don't succeed. <laughs> so if you <laughs> run across something that, you know, gives you misophonia or you're like, you just don't get it, keep looking because there's going to be something that's going to be for you that you're going to enjoy and that potentially might trigger you. Um, so, yeah, I would say yeah. just, you know, try and try again. <laughs> so so some of the things that really um, um, trigger my ASMR is um, cutting sounds, like cutting through something. Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, just the, just like, um, I used to watch my father, um, shave when I was a little girl and I was like, Mm -hmm. I am just so entranced by this process and I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then you released a, or you released an audio recently and I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, that was that was the one I posted on Wednesday. Um, it's a ASMR ah. beard grooming. Yeah, and and I've been watching unintentional ASMR videos on YouTube, um, and those are that that's my jam too. I really like that. Um, but the things that get me are I cannot do visual. I cannot mm. like oh, I just can't do it. I'm a daydreamer at heart. And so if I have something visual in front of me, 
it gets in the way of my imagination. So I just I have to switch it off. I can't do visual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely understand that. Um, I know one of the advantages to being an audio artist is that I can really create a fantasy for everyone because I'm not locked in to having a certain eye color, hair color, body type, skin color. Um, I'm not locked in to, you know, a certain aesthetic um, visually. So people really have to use their imagination when they listen to my audios and Grace becomes whatever they want her or need her to be. And I think that's another really powerful um, aspect of audio, the audio medium is that, you know, again, it kind of requires the active participation of the listener as well as the creator. And you have a broader reach, I think. Yeah. So here's a doozy of a question. Um, so the point of this, the point that, that, um, that I'm trying to create or make is that it's really important for us to, create presence in in our modern culture of endurance mm-hmm. and you just got to be present and and just kind of like chill out and how do you do that and and this podcast is really to make all of that real mm-hmm. and so my question is what would you say in response to folks that may be thinking well ASMR doesn't really create presence it creates an escape so I'm not really present mm-hmm. what would you say to that so I think that's that's interesting. Um, I have exactly the the opposite uh, perception of it. Um, I think it brings you more fully into yourself, so that you can really connect with yourself. And until you truly connect with yourself and know yourself, I think you're always going to struggle to connect with other people. So I think in nice. an indirect way, it does foster connection um, and community. Um, and I think just by listening to ASMR and realizing that you're maybe not alone or you're not strange and finding other people who have the same interests as you or the same, you know, triggers as you, that creates community. And I see that in the comments on my videos, on my Patreon page, um, during live streams when people are chatting. And I know I've just anecdotally, you know, I've seen a lot of people post about what an impact the ASMR community has had on them and being part of that community, how it's made them feel more connected and um, given them, you know, people have found friends, people have made love connections through ASMR. Um, You know, I think it's just outside of the content itself. I think the community that's grown up around the content helps to foster connection. That's lovely. And and we talked about connection again, you know, releasing that 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 cuddle hormone, that hug hormone. Like mm-hmm. folks, we we are wired for connection. We are wired that way. And ASMR really brings forward an opportunity to connect, to connect with yourself, to connect, to connect with the voice in your earphones, to connect with the sounds that are coming through. I think that's kind of like my point. Mm-hmm. Um, so Grace, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to, um, we've been talking about ASMR triggers, 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 and, and, um, <laughs> you and I, uh, 
uh, kind of planned this out earlier, um, would it be possible possible for you to demonstrate um, some of the trigger sounds that would generate ASMR? Absolutely. I would love to do that. And I have my Yeti microphone out just specifically for this purpose. Okay, so while Grace is about to give us a demonstration for the ASMR triggers, she had her Yeti microphone set up and everything. We recorded the triggers live. And then we found out after uh, reviewing the recording that it wasn't the best audio experience, um, just how the, the, the post-production came out. So Grace has actually recorded this ASMR trigger experience specifically and most especially for this episode. So um, many thanks to her for doing this and re-recording. So um, the best experience for you will be to stick your earbuds in or even better, noise-canceling headphones. And enjoy. Okay, so the first thing that I'm going to do is whisper into your ear. A lot of people get triggers from this. So I'm whispering in your right ear. I'm whispering in your right ear. And now I'm moving around your head and I'm going to whisper into your left ear. I'm whispering into your left ear. And now I'm going to cup your ears. demonstration of some common ASMR triggers. I hope you enjoyed. Thank you so much, Grace. That was lovely. Um, I would say that the brushing is my favorite. Mm -hmm. I like that one too. (laughs) If you listen to Grace's um, demonstration of triggers, she did three or four 
And if you got any kind of sensation, it, it, it can it normally starts at the, the nape of your neck and it goes all the way down across your shoulders. And for me, it goes all the way down to the tips of my fingers. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it goes down, down my spine. Um and sometimes up my face. So if you if you got any kind of pleasure or a euphoric feeling from any of those, you just experienced ASMR. Mm-hmm. And I'd invite you to explore that because, folks, it can help. It can help you, um, especially if you're if you're fed up with working from home or the pandemic, if you're just stressed out, you just need a little bit of a, a pressure valve to be released. I'd invite you to check this out. This is, this changed my life. It's obviously changed Grace's life and it's, it's changed millions of lives. So if you got triggers, explore it. If you didn't, you didn't. Now, you know, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, Grace. That was lovely. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. My pleasure. So um, a couple of other things I'd love to touch on. Um, So in some of our um, scientific studies, I've noticed that um, people who experience ASMR are primarily younger in the 18 to 35, 40 range. But but, um, what's your experience kind of, you know, does your capability to quote unquote get ASMR diminish as you age or things things like that? You know, I don't think that it does, but I think one thing that skews this a bit is that the ASMR community is primarily on the YouTube platform. And the YouTube platform is primarily utilized by people in that 18 to 35 age group. People who are older than that don't really use YouTube a lot or they use it sporadically. Like it's not something that they go to for entertainment or comfort. So And um, the other thing I think that affects this is that in the mainstream media, ASMR really is portrayed as this like bizarre sexual fringe (laughs) community. Um, It, you know, it really has gotten a bad rap. And while I am an artist who does explore sensual and erotic uh, themes in my work, ASMR by no means is limited to that genre. Um, So again, it's a big umbrella. There are a lot of things that fall under there. Most of them are platonic. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there there are quite a few artists that that do explore, you know, romantic themes in their work. But I would say the majority of the community or the majority of creators are just doing regular platonic role plays, trigger videos. Um, so it's really unfortunate that media has kind of picked up on the most, I would say, salacious part of the community and really sort of left everything else behind. Yeah. So I think those things factor into what I would consider a skewing of the data on the ASMR demographic. I think if it was portrayed more realistically in, uh, the media and if it was on multiple platforms that, a larger age demographic utilized, I think that we would see um, a much more even spread uh, as far as across the age demographic. It's interesting you say that because I have um, noticed this um, almost like a mocking of, of the practice in media. 
At the same time, though, mm-hmm. I've seen um, uh, marketing and advertising start incorporating a little bit of that ASMR response or ASMR triggers, um, either intentionally or unintentionally. One of the advertisements that that or commercials um, that comes to mind is the uh, um, the Lincoln car. Um, a commercial with Matthew McConaughey, like his voice mm-hmm. is, um, it, it's very ASMR E. Um, that's one. What, what do you, what do you think? So, uh, I think that, I think the industry will always latch on to whatever phenomenon or trend they think will help them sell the most amount of product. Um, Amen. Right. Because the, the point of capitalism is to make money, right? At all costs, make money. So I don't yeah. know that they're I don't I don't know that they're necessarily in it for the right reasons or that they're necessarily mm. champions of ASMR. Although an un- unintended consequence of these advertising campaigns is that ASMR is kind of being elevated in the public consciousness. And and there are little discussions starting about what is ASMR and what does it mean and who gets it and, you know, um, what constitutes it. So I think that, um, what is that saying? Uh, uh, There's no such thing as bad publicity. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Um, So, you know, I think it's probably good that it's out there more. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I would question the motives of those companies and, and whether they're really invested in the community, because I think if they were really invested in the community, they would have reached out to ASMR creators um, as consultants have. and as potential um, representatives. So I think that's a, a bit telling right there. Yeah. Yeah. You bring up a very good point. Um yeah. Have, have you, just out of curiosity, I, I mentioned that um, commercial, but have you seen the movie um, The or A uh, Quiet Place? No, I haven't seen that yet, but I saw discussions about how ASMR-y it was. Um, I don't know. I have, it mm. in my, I have it in my queue. I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I probably won't watch it because I cannot, uh, it's a horror film, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I will never watch it. So you tell me how you think it went out. Okay. <laughs> but it seems that the, basically the premise or, or the plot is that um, this this family is being hunted by something, um, something scary. Mm-hmm. And if they speak, um, the, the scary thing is going to hunt them down and kill mm-hmm. them. So they can't speak, but they just... So the entire movie apparently is not talking mm-hmm. or for some, most of it. Yeah. Yeah. It looks, okay. it looks interesting. Um, and I think that's probably a bold choice for a movie, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see it. Uh, but I just, I haven't had a chance to yet. I am not curious. So you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I will watch it and report back. <laughs> Lovely. Okay. Um, so I want to get into maybe like the, the final section of our, of our time together in this discussion. Um, how do you think specifically ASMR 
can help our um, larger, you know, human human community in in the near future, you know. And I'm specifically talking about okay, people that are emotionally recovering or God, not even recovering, barely recovering from the pandemic, our healthcare workers, our essential workers, our people that are, you know, working from home and in lockdown and quarantine. So can you kind of give us some insight? Well, uh, you know, I think one of the things that's going to come out of all of this is an epidemic of PTSD. Um, Because, Mm. you know, for those not familiar, um, PTSD is, is by no means limited to people who experience war. Um, you know, that's just one scenario where that condition may occur. So, you know, healthcare workers, um, people who have been at home and unable to see family and friends, um, you know, I know of people who they've had family members die during this time Mm -hmm. and they were unable to be with them when they were ill. They were unable to bury them. Um, they were unable to mourn properly. You know, there, there are just so many awful situations that people have really found themselves in. Um, so, you know, one way that ASMR can help is it really can be a tool in combination with, you know, therapy or mental health services, for coping with anxiety, stress, PTSD, it can, you know, release those hormones that you were talking about. It can create a physiological state of relaxation in you to get you to a point where you can maybe start to use other tools that you would learn in therapy to deal mm-hmm. with these experiences that you've had to go through. So I think that it, it can be a a tool in the mental health toolbox. Um, it should never replace therapy or mental health services, yeah. but it can definitely be a very effective tool in that toolbox. Um, yeah, that's an excellent um, distinction that you made uh, between mm-hmm. mental health, psychotherapy, and ASMR. Go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another thing that it can do is it can foster community for people who are severely isolated. Um, you know, I know especially um, this has happened in the U.S., but not as much as it's happened over in the U.K. and some of Europe, where people have literally been locked in their houses for almost a year. Um, You know, and some people are are just severely isolated. They, for whatever reason, they haven't been able to go out. They don't live with someone. They don't maybe have anybody they can add to their bubble, you know, their bubble, as Mm -hmm. they call it in the U.K. Um, And... It's like, what do you do? We're, we're social animals. We're not built to be alone and isolated for long periods of time. And, you know, they've even done studies um, in prisons with uh, solitary confinement where they show that it can lead to psychosis. It, I mean, mm-hmm. being alone and isolated for that long can have serious mental health implications. So I think that it maybe helps to build community and build connection when you're at home, because you can go online and you can feel connected to someone. You can actually talk to other people who have similar interests and maybe going through similar things. And it gives you that outlet for community. So I think that's another way that it can be really effective. Um, And the last way that I think that it can be really effective is to provide intimacy 
you know, we can't touch each other right now. A lot of times we can't even hug. We're social distancing and we're not even shaking hands anymore. Mm-hmm. And so we're losing that intimacy that we have with other people, whether it be platonic or romantic. And so I think that it can help to provide that and, you know, trigger those hormones that we would normally get from those physical interactions. Yeah, I um, honestly, like, like, you're absolutely right. And the first image, a scene in my head that came to mind is, look, if you think you can go it alone, and alone and alone for long periods of time, just think about it. Even Tom Hanks created a friend through a volleyball named Wilson. Mm-hmm. Yep. What was that all about, right? And there was this relationship there with this inanimate <laughs> object, but there was there was there's connection there. He craved it, right? Um, now that's a mm-hmm. you know obviously a fictitious great movie, but um, fictitious. But that's that's the message that um, that we want to send. So Grace, if if you were to give one or two super tangible next steps to our listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they can experiment, so that they can try out either this weekend or or next week or even within the next month? What would that be? So I think if you're kind of talking about experimenting with presence, um, I think one thing is to learn how to be still and clear your mind. And I think ASMR can really help with that. It can center you, it can ground you, it can kind of clear your thoughts, shake you out of your narrative that you have going on in your mind, and really help you to be present to your emotions, your physical state, um, and just the world around you. So I think that that's one thing that you can do. Um, I think another thing to really experiment with presence is to develop curiosity about other people, about the world around you. Because if you're not curious about anything, how can you really connect with it, right? You need to ask questions. You need to explore. So try to develop your curiosity. Um, And then also just work on your active listening skills. That's another way that you can be really present with other people. Um, You know, try to be neutral and not judgmental. Try to be patient. Uh, periods of silence don't have to be filled. That's one that I struggle with personally. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Try to, you know, give verbal and nonverbal feedback to show that you're listening. You know, s- smile at someone, although that's a little difficult now with our masks. <laughs> but it's so funny. I was, um, I was out the other day and, you know, I just reflexively smiled at someone under my mask and smized yes I smized (laughs) exactly (laughs) and they actually said to me oh your eyes are so pretty and I can tell that you're smiling because like you know the corners of your eyes crinkled up she goes you smiled at me with your eyes that was so nice and I thought that was the sweetest thing to say to someone (laughs) because I was like oh you know it did matter like you know because you were kind of walking around Mm -hmm. thinking oh, I'm wearing a mask. It doesn't matter. People Mm -hmm. notice it. There are other cues that, you know, you're having emotions. Um, Make sure that you have eye contact with people, lean into them, you know, while social distancing, be careful. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, and you can also mirror what they're doing um, to show them yeah. that you're paying attention to them. Again, be curious, ask questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You never, you never know what impact you're going to make on someone, you know, mm-hmm. like the person you spy is mm-hmm. at you, that person probably exactly. took you with her um, for the remainder of the day. Like, Oh gosh, you know, Harold, you won't believe what just happened on, you know, on my, mm-hmm, right. on my walk, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or, exactly. or whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So just practice your active listening skills. Um, even if you think people aren't noticing, they, they do notice. Um, be curious about other people, the world around you. Learn to be still. Clear your mind. That'll help you connect. Um, and watch ASMR. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, where's ASMR? Yeah. Please do. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to link um, a whole bunch of stuff in the episode um summary. So I'm going to link the ASMR University website. I'm going to link all of Grace's lovely social media um, links. I'm also going to um, link up with uh, link link over some of the um, ASMRists, <laughs> ASMRists artists that um, that I personally respect deeply and find ex- unbelievably impactful. Um, and Grace, please do the same. Like send me a note and tell me, you know, which, which two for, for an ASMR beginner you would, um, recommend people listen to. Yeah, definitely. I will send you some good ones. Lovely. Okay. Um, is there, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you want to make sure you put into the space? No, um, this has been just such a lovely conversation, and I'm really excited that we had it. I hope that it's been educational and informative and impactful to the people who are listening. And I would really just encourage everyone um, just to check out ASMR and see if you get the tingles. And even if you don't, the content can still be really helpful for you. So I would really encourage everybody Mm -hmm. to do that. Lovely. Thanks for that plug. Um, and be sure to subscribe. Subscribe to um, Grace's channel. Um, she's done a lot, a lot of hard work to build it up. And um, whatever you can to support this amazingly compassionate um, community of creators, um, it's worthwhile. And like like Grace said, like if if it doesn't work for you, fine. Like that's 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 the worst that can happen. You're not going to explode. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Grace, thank you so much. It was my honor um, to have you on and as a guest. I know that, you know, we've been waiting for a while, almost like two years. It's like, hey, can you can you be on the show? And you're like, yeah, just let me know when. Pause for like 24 months. And here we are. That's okay. It was worth the wait. <laughs> it certainly was worth the wait. Thank you again. <laughs> 